0: Joining us right now on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line, they are truly steps beyond convenient. Vincent Goodwill from CSN Chicago. Vinny, thanks for doing
1: this. You said I was so kind to join you. You threatened me this morning with well, the text message. Well, I that kind of didn't have a choice.
0: That's true. It was kind of an empty threat. There was really <laughs> nothing behind it, but we appreciate you doing this. Um, I want to get into this because we, we read some of the comments in the previous segment. So I want to get to sort of how this came about. Uh, was Dwayne in the mood to talk about this? Because I, I, I was a little surprised that he decided to sort of open up so much right before he came back.
1: Yeah, I was a little surprised, too. You know, I just happened to see him. And you know how Dwayne is in the locker room. Sometimes you can just walk up and, you know, make small talk with him and just talk to him about different things. So, you know, I asked him, did he want to talk about it? He said, sure. And we talked about it basically twice over the span of 15 minutes after the game last night, he was really open, uh, really honest. There wasn't anything he was uh, uncomfortable talking about as far as the whole Miami ordeal. I mean, you know, Ethan, what it's like to deal with him. You know you know basically the ins and outs of uh, how that relationship deteriorated. And I think he was just sort of ready just to let it all out at this point without necessarily having the circus or the firing squad in front of him.
0: Uh, what was the most surprising thing about it to you?
1: The most surprising thing, Ethan, was when he said, Had they come to me with that offer, the last offer was the first offer. uh, I think that sort of shocked me a bit. And to me, that just let me know how much of this was based off of principle as opposed to any dollar amount or, you know what I'm saying, anything tangible. To me, it seemed like this was much more about principle. This was much more about priority. This was much more to him about, you know, what he's done for that franchise, that region. And how he didn't feel appreciated. He said, you know, one of the first things he said was, everybody wants to be appreciated. Now, we all feel it in different ways. And I don't know if necessarily the money was just it, but it was certainly part of it. And I don't think he felt good being the third priority uh, last summer. You know, uh, one of the quotes that that caught my eye was Dwayne saying, I found out very quickly that this is a business. And it it, it seems to me that that was kind of a, wow this happened to me type of quote, because he's been in the league. He's seen it happen to other people. Is that how he meant it? Is that how you took it? No, no, no. I, I don't think he meant it that way. When he said, I found out very quickly, this is a business. I think he was more so talking about Karan Butler being traded after his rookie year. I think, I think he was involved in that Shaquille O'Neal trade uh, with the Lakers, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Right. And he was, he was saying that Karan was, was told and was promised by Riley and by uh, the powers that be that he wasn't going to get moved. And the next thing you know, he was being shipped off to L.A. So he said that took whatever idealistic innocence that he had about the league, that basically you can be moved at any time or, you know, the team can change direction about what they feel about you or what they're going to offer you or, or what role that you're going to have. And I don't know if he didn't think it wasn't going to happen to him. I just don't think he expected it to happen like this with all the sacrifices he's made. Uh, the Chris Bosch situation, I think that was kind of – a a weird one considering they share the same agent and going into free agency at the same time a couple of years ago and Bosch got the max and Wade had to sort of take another step back. I think that left a bad taste in his mouth that the Heat weren't able to sort of make him whole back then.
0: Uh, When Wade first came to the the Bulls, it seemed like people were kind of like a little down on the plan AARP as he kind of turned some heads with his uh, fast start.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, I'll be the first one to say that the way he's played, not necessarily just the numbers because, you know, there's been a lot of blowouts and things of that nature, but the spirit in which he's playing and the investment, the emotional investment that he's given to this franchise very early, I'm shocked by. I think when you spend 13 years with one franchise, it's almost like leaving one marriage and going to another. You know, how much do you really have in the tank for the day-to-day minutia? You know, and it's not like he's going to the Bulls this championship-ready team where he can rev himself up and be motivated by the, the prospect of playing in June, he's almost starting at the beginning. And the expectations are low, and yet he's still putting everything into it. He seems like a guy who's really enjoying the process. He seems like a guy who's enjoying being appreciated, not just necessarily by the organization, but by teammates and by a fan base that, you know, for a long time he was a villain to. And I think he's welcoming and open to being uh, this hometown hero now. More so, even in even in Miami, I think he'll still be viewed as a hero. But I think he likes the fact that he's viewed as a hometown hero at the same time.
0: Talking to Vincent Goodwill from CSN Chicago. I had the story with Dwayne Wade uh, that published this morning. We'll tweet that out from the 790, the ticket account, in case you haven't seen it. Uh, Vinny, how well is it work, though, just generally in terms of the combination of him with Butler and Rondo, I, I know, like you mentioned, there's been blowouts. There's been kind of blowouts both ways a little bit so far. Uh, wh- what is what is the connection like, and, and can it get better, do you think?
1: You, you know what, Ethan, the thing that surprised me the most, Ethan, you know me being more of a skeptic than an uh, optimist with these type of things. I told Dwayne in the preseason, uh, I said, you know, I think you guys will win 38 games or somewhere around there because I don't think that you guys are going to click as quickly as you need to with the schedule being as such with having big uh, West Coast road trips coming up now and sort of you getting the chance to sort of put yourself behind the eight ball. But it seemed to work. You know, you know Rondo sort of had his ups and downs, but the jimmy Dewayne partnership has really helped. You, you see a, a Jimmy Butler who doesn't feel the pressure to have to create every shot. And you see Dwayne as a guy who doesn't have to be the main guy on the perimeter, you know, as he probably was the last couple of years in Miami. Without LeBron, he's able to sort of pick his spots. And Coach Fred Hoiberg is sort of, let's just say, the passive type. So he lets LeBron, he lets Dwayne and Jimmy and Rajon do what they want to do. So he doesn't really get in the way. He just sort of handles the substitution patterns and. Calling plays here and there, but they're throwing a lot of freedom right now. And when you're good players, no matter how bad the fit seems on paper, there's ways that you can figure it out. And I think with the, whether it's the outside shot for Dwayne, or you know, going to play against second Udis in the second quarter, I think he's relishing this and his body is fresh right now. And I think he's sort of riding the wave of adrenaline early on. When you talk about uh, working things out, I, you know, always look at late game NBA lineups. What's going on with Chicago? I, I I don't know how many close games have they they've been in, but among Butler, Wade, and Rondo, are they working together? Is there awkwardness? What's going on there? You know what? It's honestly not a whole lot of awkwardness out of the seven games they played so far. Only two of them have been close. They had a close game against Boston that they lost, and then the opening night, uh, the opening night game against uh, Boston that they won on national TV, sort of it sort of almost played out the same way. It just so happened to be that the Bulls made shots late. Dwayne made that uh, game-clinching three-pointer in the opener, which cost them $25,000 for the uh, the, the throat-slashing gesture that uh, the, the league just has no choice but to, you know, find people on no matter the intent. But I think the fact that Jimmy is allowing Dwayne to make plays and create down the stretch, that helps. But then after the game... Dwayne is saying, hey, Jimmy's the guy who's going to get the majority of possessions down the stretch. I think Dwayne knows how to massage egos. I think he knows how to keep a locker room together with, uh, you know, you got a guy like Rondo who can be up and down. you got a guy like Jimmy who's still trying to figure himself out. With Wade, there's an adult in the room. And on the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarters, late in the game, there's an adult on the floor who can sort of shake through all the cloudiness and minutia and just play. And I think that's something that's huge, especially when you have an inexperienced coach, and you got a bunch of guys outside of the big three who aren't very experienced.
0: Uh, I saw you mention one of the, one of uh, Wade's teammates talking to him, in the, kind of when he's coming out of the showers about how this is going to be a big game. What's the feel for the locker room? Do, do they seem to be making it a bigger deal than Wade is, or how's, how's that going?
1: <laughs> oh, he's making it a bigger deal than what they are. trust me. <laughs> there, there's been multiple teammates who said. Uh, Dwayne has been very vocal behind closed doors about uh, making sure that they bring the requisite effort on Thursday night, even though it's the second night of a back-to-back and their first experience with a back-to-back wasn't uh, very successful, a blowout against the Pacers. He let them know in no uncertain terms that they will, are to bring it in that. He will not expect so uh, sure. any half-assed effort uh, <laughs> on Thursday night. This, that game means everything to him. And you got to mm-hmm. think about it, From this standpoint, last week he watched Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah come back to Chicago and have success on their former home court. And that was a game he desperately wanted to win, and that was a game he hit five threes and scored 35. You know, so he knows what it's like on both ends of it as far as being the guy watching the guys come home. And Thursday he's going to be the guy coming home wanting to show the other team, his former team, uh, what they're missing.
0: Vinny, we appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. I know you're in transit, so uh, and I know, obviously, you've gotten a lot of requests today, so we appreciate it, man.
1: No problem, Ethan. Can I stay on your couch uh, Thursday night? Uh,
0: it's possible. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's possible. Have a great one, Vinny. You too. We'll come to you right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?